Take over, everyone. Take over. Take over. Welcome to this minute, minute 80 of Awake Minute by Minute podcast. This is the penultimate episode of our Awake Minute by Minute podcast series. So we hope uh, you have enjoyed and we hope you're enjoying so far. We do have a very exciting minute. Um, really, my, my opinion on this, guys, I don't know how you feel about it, but this minute and the next minute are my, it's my favorite bit in the whole documentary. I don't know if it is for you guys to see Northern Heads, but for me, the combination, the build up to, you know, the, the content throughout the whole documentary, but the final delivery, the last couple of minutes, I think they nailed it personally. I think the music that they have in it is a, a really ideal choice. And we'll get into that in this minute. Um, but they, they have an exceptionally thought and soul provoking statement here by Krishnadas. And Krishnadas was with us throughout the uh, documentary, but they really finished the documentary off with a quote that he, he gave. And we'll get into it in this minute. But he does talk, um, he reveals actually that his guru, um, uh, when, when he died, his guru died, uh, he was speaking with an Indian saint and he was asking this Indian saint, how can I get closer to my guru now that, now that he passed? Obviously. Um, and uh, the, the response was exceptional, which I'll pause for dramatic effect. We'll talk about that later. But first, um, we can talk about the guru of Krishnadas, now Krishnadas's guru. No, first other. we must talk about Stan. Oh, so sorry, so sorry. Podcast so, listeners so sorry. won't see that there's a fourth mysterious character. I got, I got, I got so excited. We were chatting to Stan before the minute started. <laughs> Stan, the 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 uh, ritual, of course, is to introduce our our uh, great guest today. Stan, Stan, like, welcome cut, cut, to the cut, minute. Cut, cut, Let's start this all again. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> welcome, welcome, Stan, like, to the to the minute. Um, uh, you're very, you're very, very welcome, and there's going to be a a uh, divine synchronous. Uh, moment, of course, on on this uh, podcast that you can talk about uh, later on. But welcome to this minute. Do you want to introduce yourself to the folks? Um, where where are you from? Sure. Thanks, Chris. So I'm from uh, London right now, but originally yeah. actually hailed from Kenya. So that's in East Africa. And yeah, my path to uh, let's say spiritual life has had many ups and downs. There's been a lot of suffering, but also the greatest of joys. And at this moment, you know, I don't really like subscribing to, uh, let's say, labels or roles, just because when I look at the breadth of human experience, I realize that, you know, everyone is an example of your potential, right? So for me, right now, I'd say maybe I'm a spiritual engineer, in terms of, you know, I'm very it's only very recently that I've come to realize or experientially that I'm a soul within this body and this mind. And so what I'd say I'm trying to do is to kind of like structure my mind and my body so that I can connect to source as easily as possible. And um, of all my explorations of various faiths and religions, I'd say that, and philosophies, um, I'd say finding SRF, the Self-Realization Fellowship has been the greatest blessing and miracle in my life because, you know, that's 
the path is laid out in front of you of exactly what you need to do um, to become whole again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you should have been, I guess, last uh, in the last minute we were talking about guruness, what it means mm-hmm. to have a guru, and, and that would have been a great uh, a great response to that. Yeah. I'd ask, um, you you were from Kenya. When did you move over to to London? Mm-hmm. Were you born there? Yeah, I was born in Kenya, and I moved to Lon- to the UK. I wasn't in London. I was actually in Scotland first. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was a shock to the system, you know, going from the exotic and wonderful weather of Kenya to the um, <laughs> interesting weather of Scotland. <laughs> Let's put it I'm, no, I'm, I'm Northern Irish, so it's very similar. Yeah. Uh, I feel you. feel your mm-hmm. pain. Yeah. So um, I moved in 2002 and I've been in the UK ever since, moved to various cities. Um, some people th- seem to think I have an American accent. I guess that's what you get when you mix up, you know, living in Scotland, Norwich, uh, Coventry, London, listening to American films, etc. So you get, but uh, yeah, it's been a, a good journey so far. Do you know what the scene is like for SRF in Kenya? Is there any, mm. are there any communities over there? So I didn't actually, I don't actually know much about the SRF presence there, um, but I did see, I think, we're going to be going through some photos uh, later about for different SRF centers. And I think they're definitely, I saw Kenya there. So I'm very yes. pleased to, to know that, um, yeah, Kenya is being influenced by this wonderful energy and this wonderful, you know, opportunity to, to self-realize. Awesome. And we usually ask about the, the uh, Genesis story about, you know, how you first came across the autobiography of a yogi. Do you, do you care to share anything yes. with us? Sure. So that was, yeah, that was, uh, I'd say I've, I've lived, I've lived a miraculous life. And, you know, even finding out about the autobiography was one of the greatest miracles of my life. I was actually, uh, I remember just having dropped out of university and I was, on Google searching for, can I still be successful without having a university degree? You know, what famous people have there been, successful people who, you know, didn't go to university. Then I ended up on an article on Business Insider, right, on the internet, which was talking about Steve Jobs and how when he passed away, he gave a copy of this mysterious book to everyone who attended his funeral. And that struck me as being very strange because I was like, why, what is this book? Why would you make sure that everyone who came to, you know, pay respects to your life had this book? So I found out that the book was uh, actually the autobiography of a yogi. And I purchased it because I was like, hey, Steve Jobs is one of the most transformative um, people in terms of technology, which is a field I'm super interested in. And so got the copy, I started reading and I could not believe what what I was discovering, right? It was like my all, all my preconceptions about how the universe and life worked were just being completely swept away. And, you know, before then, my mindset had been very kind of like, let's say, rational or scientific. And I had a certain model of the world. But reading the autobiography showed me that that model was so incorrect, 
right? That there was just so much more to life that I hadn't considered. And yeah, ever since then, you know, this park got lit within my soul and I've been exploring ever since, awakening ever since, and can't wait to see what the future brings. Nice, beautiful. Thanks, thanks for sharing. I, I share a similar path through Steve Jobs uh, as well. I'm sure many, many people do. Um, so the great, great soul has guided, guided many people to another great soul in Guruji. Um, so great, thank you, thank you very much uh, for for that, Stanley. Sorry for missing you out again. <laughs> I was so set on talking about the meeting. So we do we do have some uh, interesting topics um, to discuss here uh, on this minute, and one is as I was uh, about to say was the guru of Krishnadas, um, who is Neem Karli Baba uh, Maharaj Ji. Uh, now, this is a, an interesting character. I actually hadn't heard. Um, about um, uh, this Indian uh, saint, I suppose you would, you would uh, say. So I did uh, a little little bit of googling, um, and you know, there's a lot of really really interesting material online about him. So it's I would really encourage anybody who hasn't um, read anything about him to to, to do so. Um, you'll you'll find some interesting. Uh, uh, websites talking about some stories of people who have met him. He was famous not to really have um, strict devotees as such. Uh, so he um, didn't claim that he was a guru or anything uh, of, of that sort. But we can delve into some stories that uh, people have, have shared about him. And we'll see that he, he truly was a, a great uh, guru in his, his own right, bringing people toward the path of God. Um, Mike, do you have something to jump in on? First, I wanted to mention that it's interesting how often Steve Jobs comes up in the origin story of devotees, especially these days, especially younger people. Because I remember 10, 15 years ago, it was autobiography of a yogi, a friend. But now it's oftentimes through, I don't know, social media. You saw, you read an internet article about um, Steve Jobs, and there you go. So kudos to him as well. And um, I just want to bring a story full circle here because um, um, we are going to talk about Neem Karoli Baba now. And that, he was actually the reason why Steve Jobs originally went to India. He was looking for him. He hadn't known that he had passed away already. And then he got sick in India. And then famously, at the family that nurtured him back to health, he saw a copy of the autobiography of a yogi. And that's how he got into Yogananda. So it's all connected. Wow, that's a yeah, it's a really good, uh, really good uh, bit of info there, like Priyank. Yeah, great okay. bit of info. Does that also mean that uh, seeing as SRF <clears throat> devotees owe so much to Mr. Jobs, does that mean that all SRF devotees therefore now should have only Apple phones and Apple MacBooks? <laughs> and how many of us? Uh, are uh, in that category. I'm I'm an Android, unfortunately, so I'm not being a very good devotee. We've got the we've got the same phone, Greg. So <laughs> <laughs> um, the after, other thing after I moved to the US, I I moved back to Apple. I got oh, Android you... changed many times uh, here. Sell so. out. <laughs> sell out. Sell out. Uh, the reason I they sell out is because Mike and I always debated often about which one's the more superior. And we I thought we both agreed that we're going to stick to Android, but now he's gone to California and he's made the full circle. 
gone to Silicon Valley and, and bought in bought into the hype. What do you have, Stan? I've gone Android. You know, oh, three yeah. one Mike three one. Although Mike's the only devotee, that would mean. <laughs> sorry, 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 Steve. Steve Jobs. <laughs> forgive, um, forgive us. Yeah. The um, I was, I was going to say about Neem Karoli Baba. I think the, his path is uh, one principally is devotees follow of bhakti of devotion. Is that correct? I think I think that's what I read yeah. about him. Yeah. Well, he he um so he passed in 1973, um and the the, the sites that I found um there you guys know a little bit more about him than than I did, but uh, touched the lives of millions of of people. Um, and uh, there's a great uh, piece, Prank. Maybe you could play. There's a video. Anybody who's not watching the YouTube uh, channel that we have um, can listen to the audio clip of a um, a professor talking about his um, interaction uh, with with this great saint um, and how he was maybe skeptical and how he kind of came came about to different thinking, uh, similar to to what you were saying, Stanley, maybe about yourself. So this interaction was great, and I thought we'd we'd share it here. So he said, um, come, come, this, sit down. Then he said, you were, you were out under the stars thinking of your mother last night, which, which, I mean, a Harvard professor, you know, thinking, knowing, having been in cognitive research and stuff like that, no, but nothing made me ready for that. You were remembering your mother. She died of his spleen. So, yeah. And that was... So that's that's the story of um, a chap who was sitting on his own, you know, with his own thoughts. Uh, and somehow or another was able then to go into a conversation um, uh, uh, and and he was his mind was read and he was able to be moved so much by by uh, this great saint that he uh, became a spiritual uh, convert to uh, to the uh, path of yoga and that's it's something like little stories like this and you hear people that you know a Harvard professor um saying openly how much it changed his life is is obviously phenomenal um, but it is just one story i'm sure of many that uh, uh would be out there uh, about this chris stanley yeah i'd say um you that person you've identified of you know people are coming across information that is so contradictory to what they're used to is really what's needed for people to snap out of you know this kind of like conception that they are their actual mind right because i think in especially in maybe like western society we are taught to use our minds in such a way that we try they're like problem solving tools right and so if you only ever use your mind as a problem solving tool everything in life kind of like seems to be a problem or you're like oh there must be a solution let me break it down into different parts solve each of the parts and then I'll get a solution, right? And because of that, you don't actually get to explore the other ways your mind can work. 
And so when you come across someone who isn't stuck in the same way of, let's say, using their mind or identifying with their mind, right? And they give you this information, for example, you know, they're able to read your mind or they are able to, you know, say things to you in a very specific way that just triggers something within you. And you, you suddenly have a moment where you're like, oh, I'm not actually, I'm actually not like the thoughts that are within my head, right? I think that is always the beginning of any true like awakening. Uh, just because, you know, in this world, like we have to, we have no option but to use our mind. And so uh, it's like being in a car and you're driving the car and you're just so used to driving the car in a certain way that it feels like a part of your your entire body. But yeah, that's kind of like the mass illusion that we're that majority of human beings are under. And so yeah, I, I do really identify with what Ramdas experienced. And if you can only just get that on a huge scale, you know, wake everyone up, that would be amazing. Well, yeah, again, we talked we talked a little bit about that in um in the last minute. Like why do people have gurus and others don't? You know, what why is it maybe they create sins that come in the past and and everybody didn't flock to them, you know, uh, why is that? And I suppose the, the answer is quite simple. Like when the uh, student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm. So it's really this student driven relationship with, with gurus is um, what, what is really, uh, re really important that um, it's up to the student to really um, seek and then get close to and stick with the, the guru. The mm. gurus will, will come whenever, whenever um, the, the seekers are, are there number and so so this was this was a great sin and as many great sins did they poked and prodded the potential devotees and followers mind to, to yeah give them little shakes to wake them up and we saw um with stories that guruji shared about um sri yakteshwar uh when he was meditating you know you're not, you're not concentrating you're thinking about other things you know you're you're planning ahead you're planning your future um uh there was a story i think when guruji was seeing uh, the multiple uh, the SRF organization uh, well ahead of time and Sri Yukteswar was like, hey, stop, stop that, you know, concentrate. So clearly there's that ability um, of these great sins to, to, to do that. Um, uh, Priyank, do you want to jump in? Yeah, with Neem Karoli Baba, I just wanted to relate a story about him. Did we discuss like how he got his name? No, we did not. Because his actual, before his name was actually uh, Lakshman Das. Uh, but Neem Karoli, I'll tell you how he, uh, I think Krishna mm -hmm. Das actually, I went to the last concert, Krishna Das concert I went to with Vatsal. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, he, uh, we, we watched, uh, we watched him and then he, and then, he, he, then he started talking about Neem Karoli Baba, his, his guru. And he said, um, so basically Lakshman, Lakshman Das, which is his previous name, he was, he was on the train and he didn't have a ticket and the conductor came round and uh, obviously asked him for his ticket and he said i don't have one but you know i'm a, I'm a sadhu i'm a mystic i don't have any possessions and then the, the conductor was like that's it you know we've got to get off the train so the he the conductor asked the train driver to stop the train in the middle of nowhere literally in the middle of nowhere and said off you get and then neem karoli Baba was like are you sure you want to do this like yeah yeah so they got off he got off and then the train wouldn't start and then, and then they're like, "What's going on?" And then they found, uh, discussed with him, and he's like, um, 
you know, it's not going to start without me on it. And, uh, and then so it wouldn't start, they tried everything, it wouldn't start. And then, and then, and then they're like, okay, fine, I'll, let's, let's put this theory to the test. And then he's like, uh, if, if it, you know, on two conditions, I'll get on the train. One, um, you, your railway company promises to build a train station here because the local village, Neem Karoli, which is three miles away, doesn't have any means to civilization. And this train tracks passes straight through the near the village. So A, you, you build a train station here. And then so he builds, so they say, okay, fine, crazy guy. Uh, and, then, and then B, you, you agree to treat sadhus better i uh, saints better I'm like, okay fine so he, and then he got on and then the, and then it actually started the tra train started and then the driver was like no, no i can't you know this is this is insane i've got to go see this person so the driver then goes to see him he's like i'm not going anywhere until you bless me so then he had to bless the train <laughs> driver and then the train driver went and then the train moved and then they put a train station at neem karoli and i'm probably probably still there uh, that's that so is cool. an amazing story yeah Thanks for sharing. That's mm. such a great story. And uh, what great blackmail. <laughs> <Imagine being laughs> that. Uh, I, wish I, I wish I had that ability when I got a 108-year-old fine for not having a bus ticket on the, on the Italian room. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Myself and my wife, yeah. You know, because I should have said, hey, do you really want to do this? <laughs> Went on that road. <laughs> if only. Yeah, if only. No, good, good stuff. That's an amazing story. Thanks, thanks for sharing. Um, so we can we can go to what Krishna Das did indeed say and reveal what he said. Obviously, the, the watchers of the Awake in the talk or uh, movie will already know, um, but it's a great thought and soul provoking statement. And it was from this uh, Indian saint who had asked the question about how can he how could he get closer to his guru, and the response was um, that uh, the, the saint uh, looked at him as if he was crazy. And then said, uh, your guru is what's looking out of your eyes right now. And then Krishna said, uh, very cool and calmly, he says, so get with that for a while. And I thought that was, <laughs> that was a very, very, uh, very funny, very great um, response to that. And for me, it is such an impactful and powerful statement. So that's, that's your guru. Your guru is looking through your eyes right now. Um, what did it mean to you guys? I'll leave this open to the forum, but Mike, I see, I see you have a, a comment, so I'll, I'll come to you first for, for comment. Oh, you're, you're muted. muted. Sorry, guys. I think as a spiritual seeker, this is very comforting because all we want is to be close to our guru, right? And then when somebody tells us, somebody who has like more of a, like a spiritual vision he goes like your your guru is like right there i can see him i can see you and when i see you i see i see your guru with you which is fantastic i can share a little episode that happened to my brother maybe like 10 15 years ago where we were all at um was it a reiki healer or some kind of healer that we went to and she was um, saying, um, uh, she was giving my brother a massage and said she was trying to go into his spine. And um, when she did that, she said she, she was aware um, of Yogananda, but she was not a follower. 
but she um, basically tried it and then she said she saw an image of Yogananda saying that she should not perform anything on him. And that was kind of, uh, I felt like that that seemed like a similar thing where you kind of feel like your guru is always there with you in a spiritual sense. Look it out for you, for sure. Um, Stanley. Yeah, for me, um, that's very impactful because I'd say even looking back at this year of my life, there've been times where I've been worrying and afraid and, you know, just anxious about what's going to happen in my future, et cetera. And maybe that's been a pattern through, let's say, majority of my life. But then when I look back, I see that in every single situation, there was like this, like, let's say, shield of protection, right? That was with me all that time, right? Even when I didn't know that I needed it or that, um, that I was lost or that I was in trouble. Like, I think that that protection, that field of energy has been definitely been the guru, right? Within my soul, within um, every fiber of my being, right? Even in the things I say, even in the intuitions that come into my mind, right? Sometimes I don't, because I have a very, let's say, um, unique, well, not unique, but very silent mind. And sometimes I'll just get these kind of like inklings of intuition, right? Um, and I always wonder where, where they come from, right? But with every single, well, with every single one, when I actually meditate upon them and reflect upon them, it's always like a lesson, right? That actually makes my life um, not just more peaceful, more joyous, uh, but definitely more connected uh, to the divine. So I do believe that the guru is within me right now, right? People sometimes may describe that as like your highest self, etc. But, you know, I think that promise that, Gu that Guruji um, gave us that he'll always be here, right? That we don't need to look anywhere else. That promise is still alive and well right now. Priyank. Have you muted? Very, very well said, Stan. <clears throat> um, I also, the, 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 the delivery of that line that Krishna does, does is absolutely spot on, isn't it? I feel like I want to learn the exact way he delivered it. And then hopefully one day someone can ask me that question. And then oh. hadn't seen oh. that film. And then I'm going to say it exactly in the same way that he like <laughs> the same diction, and the same <laughs> delivery. And then I'm going <clears> to <throat> be like, oh, yeah, that's, that's from the Awake film. And then get them to watch the Awake film as well. But I it was could, such I a... Could, I couldn't. I couldn't no. possibly dream of being cool enough for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> such a poignant, uh, such a poignant way to end the film, really, isn't it? What a good, yeah. what a great snippet. Yeah. But for me, whenever whenever the, the, the line came, it kind of hit me like a train and then thought, okay, he said sit with that for a while, right? So what he means is, you know, really meditate on that. And we we can't do that, right? We can't take we can't take statements, we can't take um, pieces of information, knowledge, just meditate on it. And uh, that is a statement you really can meditate on, in, in my opinion. You know, there's so much to unpack there. Um, one thing that I came to mind um, uh, for me, whenever uh, you said uh, the Guru's what's looking through your eyes um, right now is, is the you know, undying support and love 
and and re that relationship Priyanka you've talked about it all like all the way through this podcast is the relationship with the guru um and that no matter what goes on in your life you have that commitment with the guru and it's that commitment that everlasting commitment that it's the love and kindness and forgiveness that you know you will stray you will constantly stray but he's there like the shepherd with the flock the sheep will constantly stray it's like okay come mm. back come back just that overwhelming sense of gratitude and um gratefulness like that, that kind of washed over me when i heard that i was like wow such a such a great statement um and we have to follow that up a really really impactful choice of song um and we can talk a little bit about the music that we hear in this minute and the songs com combined with um again a really powerful set of pictures and videos um of combination of um, at least 14 i counted 14 i don't know about you guys different places over the next we're kind of cheating here but it's over the next uh, minute as well um where uh there's nairobi is 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 in there nairobi kenya um, places all over the world barcelona hong kong um italy's got a few places uh, in there and there's just scenes of devotion um, of people in um, in uh, places of worship, people doing yoga on the streets in New York. And it's oops, it's timed very very well as well, uh, as well with the music. Uh, and I thought they did they did this brilliant brilliantly really uh, credit um, to them uh, for really um, bringing about a very evocative uh, uh, conclusion really to this to this documentary. Um, so, so I, I really thought it was amazing. Um, but this uh, artist, then maybe we could talk a little bit about the artist. Mike, um, would you be kind enough uh, to, to kick us off um, on the artist themselves? Sure. I mean, when you're as old as I am, then you would know Alanis Morissette very well because she was very famous in the 90s. I, she's Canadian and I think she sold like 75 million records or something so she she was really a big deal in the 90s um the reason why they chose her song to be in awake is interesting because later on she um, um got more interested into spirituality and i love it when like famous people get into spirituality and then they want to share it right they want to they want it to be reflected in their work they want to pass it on they want to play a positive role and that's uh, that's what she's doing. And her more recent, I mean, more recent is like in the 2010s. She released an album, and um, the song that they put in there is called "Still," and it's um, has a more of a spiritual kind of lyrics, um, which is I I think why why they chose it. The combination of a, a big famous musician and and the spirituality, and um, we, I read a little bit about how she got into spirituality. She did an interview on Oprah like uh, like five years ago or something. And I, I want to read a little excerpt from that, from her trip to India, what, what she said. And it said, um, that trip was Alanis' breakthrough moment. One of the biggest moments of connection was in India, for sure. It was the first time that I got really, really, really quiet because I had always been in semi-chaotic environments, she says. I think because spirituality is such a through line to the entire culture, it was very validating for me because I've always thought 
of myself as a little god girl, but I would always hide it or joke about it, you know, just keep it to myself, basically. But in India, that's just very normal. And so that, that way she kind of explains that she had this spiritual spark in her, but she didn't know how to express it. And she said her environments weren't very conducive to expressing it. Yeah, Priyank? Mm. Very, very beautiful. I Personally, I've got the link with her. <laughs> um, I wasn't that into music back in the day, back in those days, but I was into TV. Music feels stop or her music? Yeah, music, music stop. any music, yeah. Huh. Um, still not really that much into music, to be honest. Um, but anyway, um, so uh, but I used to like like screenplay for uh, things, uh, music and soundtracks and stuff, and uh, embarrassing, uh, embarrassing story. But my, I've got two older sisters, and they used to watch Dawson's Creek, and I got very much into <laughs> Dawson's Creek, like very into it more than they were at the end <laughs> and <laughs> and uh this uh alanis is that uh, she's got multiple soundtracks in uh, in dawson's creek and also the um like the, the title sequence of dawson's creek was by alanis uh, that i don't want to wait for our lives to be over and um the uh so I, but I didn't know her name. I just, you know, I like this song, right? There's, so I'm not into music, so I don't go and buy albums. And then when I watched the the Awake film, like I, I know this, I know this voice. It's a, a moving voice. I know it. And then I looked it up, and it was this lady. And mm. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And also similarly, um, I went to um, watch a theater, or I think. Uh, yeah, an opera by Gandhi, uh, uh, Satyagraha, I think the opera was. And uh, the composer for all the pieces was an uh, 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 artist called um, Phil Glass, I think. And uh, and then and then when he when when the music was playing for the opera, I was like, this is very familiar. And and then I got home and I looked, researched him and I looked in the Awake book and he's in the, the, the classical music tracks that they use in um, this film. The majority of them are by Phil Glass. So I was like, wow, it's so cool how like, even if you're not into music, like these things just kind of come and connect them and you can like, you can feel them without even, you know, knowledge. But then if you scratch beneath the surface, you can see how it's all interwoven for your life. It's uh, really quite beautiful. Yeah, uh, it's it's something I was thinking about with Krishnadas that uh, if you say you've been to concerts, that's such a, a great uh, way to spend your time because, um, it, yeah, his music is really powerful as well. And how much kind of trash is there, you know, in music <laughs> these, uh, these days for sure. Um, well, one thing that I thought about was like, uh, there's like God rap. Have you seen there's a lot of God rap coming on um, <laughs> more and more these days? Which I thought was is quite interesting. Um, something that's something that's quite cool, but still, um, I'm, I'm sure this is a much better choice, uh, <laughs> uh, given given the audience. Um, Frank, do you want to continue reading on on that story? Yeah, like, uh, sure. Um, I can think of countless times when I walked around my city, thinking, "Ah, oh, I am just a single little drop, and having no connection to this big juicy ocean just a block away." painful moments that fundamental kind of disconnection creates everything from loneliness to deep depression to a lack of appreciation for humanity and i believe that it is because of a severing of our attachment connection 
which is mm -hmm. our earliest development stage, our rooting in this lifetime. Just like couples will go to therapy when they can't find their connection with each other, perhaps we need much the same to support, to the same support to heal the spiritual abuse that led us to forget the deepest truths of our existence and connection with God. Anna is, Alan, this is certainly a, quite a deep thinker, isn't she? <laughs> you think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just think like um, I had quite a strong, sharp change from one, one life to another where, um, you know, uh, one year I was going out, you know, drinking with my friends and, and going to bars and everything, clubs. And the next year I wasn't, I was stuck in my room meditating, you know, and my friends were kind of thinking, geez, you know, where, where is he gone? They, they were messaging me saying, are you coming out? <laughs> I would reply, no, sorry, busy, busy, you know, went on for months. And eventually I was telling them, you know, got, got really, you know, into yoga. And I think they thought I was having a mental breakdown, like really. <laughs> and they're great friends. They're probably very concerned about me. But to my mind, I was having a mental breakthrough. And yes, uh, I kind of relate to what um, is being shared here. You know the, the severance, the, the destruction of a world, and the creation of a new one. I think uh, probably we go through that uh, in this life or another when when we're making that transition. Stanley, want to jump in? Yeah, um, it's actually interesting what you say about your friends being concerned about like your well-being, uh, because I remember listening on one of the um, podcast episodes where Ramdas was talking about how the major difference between let's say the West and the East is like, for example, in India, when people, you know, have these breaks from how they normally operate, right? Uh, usually when they're going through some sort of spiritual awakening, the community has a framework, right? Where they understand that this is a part of some people's lives, right? Whereas here in the West, we kind of like immediately jump to thinking, oh, there must be something maybe mentally wrong with this person, right? And so, um, you know, the, the standard practice has been to kind of like institu institutionalize these people, right? Um, and it's, it's a shame because probably a lot of the people um, who've been very, you know, maybe prolific or uh, famous in one shape or another, or even a lot of artists probably, right, went through these awakenings. Because when you do, because one thing I've seen with art is it actually connects you to something much deeper, um, than just your normal rational walking mind and I think that's the that's the great thing about you know even for example like doing this podcast and helping to share this knowledge that there are other ways of actually being and existing in this world um, so that people don't just so that people have a, a more like let's say wholesome understanding of of the of the human reality but uh yeah even th there were times I'll, I'll say where i thought i was going crazy right because you look at everyone they're like wait wait don't you don't you feel what i feel don't you see what i see uh like how can you like i remember for example when i when i finished reading the like the bhagavad gita and it was the first time where i felt like high from a book from reading a book and i was like wait what is going on here right and it's like, you immediately want to go and tell everyone, hey, look what just happened to me, et cetera, et cetera. But because it's like so new to you, it's very hard to even put it into understandable, let's say like words for, and so that people can understand. So yeah, I think, you know, that's where the, that period of, you know, a bit of 
of having some isolation to actually integrate the things that are happening to you is really important. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Definitely, definitely. One mistake I made, um, uh, probably more on, on, on one occasion, uh, was not to share too much um, <laughs> with um, people when you're, when especially when you're on the beginning of the spiritual path. Um, and uh, that's talked about um, by Guruji. Let the seed grow into a sturdy tree before, you know, you might uh, look to uh, test it and, and push and look abroad, uh, uh, especially when others inevitably will uh, do that to try to shake your your belief the roots must grow deep before before you even try to you know, dare to to shake them um so uh sorry you wanted to jump yeah in. before they because often people try and their natural um, reaction usually to things they don't understand is to like bring them bring what you share to their level of way of looking mm. at the world so then that would mean that if you're talking about lofty spiritual things, then they would then just try and bring it down to something that's mundane or that you're being insane or crazy. So, yeah, that's why part of the reason why it's uh, inadvisable to, to go down that path uh, unless uh, you really, yeah. Reductionist, reductionist view. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, are we going to, uh, Chris, talk about some of the lyrics from this song we are yeah i was just about to say there's um i don't know how there's many verses in this but the the one that really comes first and the one that we can talk about um it says i am the harm which you inflict i am your brilliance and frustration i'm the nuclear bombs if they're to hit i'm your immaturity and your indignance and that's the first paragraph and those words overlap you know lots lots of scenes and um the two well, two, two very impactful ones for me the, the one that stands about head and shoulders and uh, and, and then some of the rest is guruji and guruji's in there and you see his eyes um i don't know what the word would be to describe his eyes maybe somebody can help me out but glassy watery mystical um uh, eyes that are just piercing your soul and just kind of you know, is willing you to to um, yeah, and and they're looking looking with very loving eyes. That that's a very famous picture, isn't it? I, I can't remember exactly what from maybe Priyank. You can tell us a little bit more about that. No, um, no? okay. Uh, I saw I saw you nodding. I thought maybe you could. Uh, you've got some great great knowledge to share. And then the next the next image is uh, the nuclear bomb. Of course, we've talked about that before. But really, it was really impactful for me, uh, pardon the pun, um, whenever they paired all that together and the nuclear bomb, when, if they were to hit. When we talk about this concept of God, like you might say God is behind every single you know, nuclear atom, uh, the consciousness and life force behind everything. And then what do we do with it? You know, we, we, we use it to, to explode things. But it just makes it compels you to think about mankind, the purpose purpose of being here on planet earth you know what 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 is our what is our purpose ultimately to connect with god um so it's such a powerful compacted few seconds that they have here for this minute um but Priyank, did you want to jump in on this as well yeah so um the, the words are spoken like i i am this and i am that so and and they inter interplay like guruji's eyes on this 
minute. So it's, it's as if I, the I that she's speaking about is um, the observer who is God or guru, God and gurus, right? So, and then the, the, the key is in the, in the chorus, which is, um, and I love you still, and I love you still. So it's kind of God saying that he forgives every, all your transgressions or humanity's transgressions because we see all the insane things that humanity does, like the nuclear bombs and things like that. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so she's she's channeling some um some guruness uh <laughs> that we talked about in the previous minute um and they they've teed it up really nicely haven't they it just fits perfectly with what um krishna that said they must have thought they struck a gold mine um with uh the, the two quotes really with krishna that saying your guru is what's looking through your eyes right now to to um to, to these uh these beautiful lyrics um that uh, i am the harm that which you inflict on the brilliance and your frustration so the guru is living living through all of this with us um a very very beautiful react yeah so one of the one of the glassy images that you mentioned that it was actually the one where he's the last smile so i just before the mahasamadhi but i don't know there's one picture where he's actually looking up at the camera that's the one where I don't know where that one's from, but again, it's quite a famous, is, famous is picture. The um, Sri Akteshwar's Masamadi picture, you think the the second one that you're talking about there, because that wouldn't be the, the oh yeah album. yeah like because yeah when he's um when he's in in India you mean when yeah the, uh, where Richard Wright takes the picture from up above yeah it could be that. So it's, yeah. it's a video shot, yeah. Could be that. Yeah. But then, well, th well, this one certainly isn't that one. Um, <laughs> this one's a, this one's uh, maybe that last. Um, last you smile. said last a smile. Yes. Um, picture, but it's a beautiful, beautiful shot of Guruji's very, very loving, kind eyes. I know we've we've talked about Guruji's picture and what it might, the the emotions or what it might bring out in his. Uh, I can I've shared it a couple of times that sometimes you're you're looking at it and it, it could be a little, little bit more stern than. Than others, uh, you know, if you need to get some motivation uh, onto your sadness and things, um, and very loving and kind uh, in others. But so we have lots of lots of pictures here, um, you know, a dozen and more uh, images of different sites all over the world. Um, Priyank, you wanted to discuss um, uh, which center was uh, the best in 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 the world. Yeah. Um, very very subjective. Is there could there be one best one? Definitely is maybe there's maybe an obvious you one. You can't <laughs> you can't uh, you can't say any of the ones in LA. So Mike, okay. you've I think Mike, you've probably been to more than I've been to probably about fifteen around the world. It's far fun places like Singapore and some European countries. But I really like the Italy ones. Um, I had I had a, quite a unique feeling. I don't know why. Um, and this Torino, they they got one of the temples. Um, uh, is the Torino temple or the center and they've got a picture of that in there but um yeah mm. I do really like the Italy temples for some reason um I went to uh went to the uh SRF center in Singapore and it's a um it's like next to this really loud and chaotic uh South Indian temple <laughs> so like you're trying to do all this meditation and there's like insane bells and sounds going on like <laughs> 20 meters away so it's like a real real test of endurance to see whether or not you can 
practice the technique of closing off your senses, sense telephones, mm. as Guruji calls them, and the ear telephone being the most prominent one you need to shut off in, the, in that one. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, I really like, uh, it's funny that uh, there's only, what, 10, 10, 15 centers that are shown, and uh, Nairobi, Kenya is shown. Uh, it's a really lovely a uh, lovely altar, a uh, little small altar, and there's, there's five very sweet-looking devotees, and it's really cool that we've got to stand here. So if you stand one day, if you go back to Nairobi, you can uh, you can actually go to that centre and send us a selfie, and we'll put it on one of our social social media yeah. feeds. <laughs> I can't wait! Can't wait! Mm. <laughs> yeah. But but Mike, which one is what's the best centre in the world, in your humble opinion? Big shrine. No, you can't pick lost. any LA one. We said you can't pick any LA. Which is um, the second best? I I feel like it's it's really subjective. It's really about what you feel, what what where you have a, a maybe a memory of a good meditation, or you feel devotion particularly strong. I I agree a bit with Priyank that like um like I've been to the centers in uh some in Italy and some in Spain and I felt like devotion I feel like there's generally a tendency the more you're in the south the more you feel devotion a bit stronger um obviously in India I it felt like the first time I went to centers in India in the beginning that the first thing I remember was discomfort it was like <laughs> my body hurt <laughs> but then but, but then after a while, like you kind of get into it. And so it's, I don't, I don't, th I don't think there's, there's definitely, I don't want to say anything about better or worse. Obviously the Munich center, I've been there many times. Um, but um, for me, I, I would say the London center is like the one where I spend most of my time meditating and, and I, that, that one grew really close to my heart. And of the, of the images that I saw in the movie, there was one one thing that stuck out to me was a bit Helsinki because I've been there many times because I worked near there in Tallinn. And I've actually never gone to their center. I wasn't even aware there was one. So <laughs> that was maybe a missed opportunity. Hmm. Mike, you're um we're paid for our, you know, we're paid to be subjective, share our subjective experiences. So you <laughs> have to you have to say one center. I did say London. Uh, okay. yeah, I yeah. thought you did yeah. it in a very uh, PC way. Yeah, I spend the most time yeah. in London. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, that, that that one grew closest to my heart from the centers. You had a, and you had your biggest uh, acting breaks, didn't you? Yes, lots, lots yes. of uh, yes. famously. You were casted. Yes. Yeah, you were casted yes. for Mary. Luckily, Mary. they're not. They're not recorded on video <laughs> <laughs> mike uh, for those who don't uh aren't from the london center mike has played many roles um uh, as mukunda in uh young adult plays i think the one Very we humbly, did was, yeah. <laughs> yeah one we mm. did was uh two penny two penniless boys in london i think which is probably mm. from guruji stories two penniless boys in vrindavan and the other one we did we did one more but i've forgotten which one was that one was but yeah we've done two good ones and then we're gonna do one more in a few weeks and that's gonna be the cauliflower robbery uh <laughs> by the time by the time this uh 
episode gets published, I think uh, that play would have been done. Oh, that's great. Mm. Well, anybody, anybody in London? Oh, no, it won't. They... It won't. Sorry. No, it won't. So please head over to the London Centre on the 17th of December. 17th. There you go. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've only got experience really with the London Centre, but it, it was like when I was in London, like an anchor for me. It was so such a retreat, I think, from the madness of London as well. I imagine that's what um, some of these big, um, you know, the centers are, and some of the some of the big cities for sure are for many people. Um, this sanctuary of, of peace and tranquility for for um, for people, um, but uh, certainly the energy, you know, when you go there, you can depending on what's going on in the world, you can really feel the intensity of the energy from those people around you. So, London Center, I think usually there is about 40, 30, 40 people in London Center on Saturdays or sorry Sundays and. Um, maybe uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, but I, we do see like pictures, different pictures. There's one of uh, Joshua Tree in California um, of a couple of kids out meditating, you know, arms uh, you know, on their on their laps, hands on on their laps, and you know, uh, hands uh, facing upward in meditation. It's great to see like young people uh, in in meditation. So I wonder maybe around the world are there very young devotees because. Maybe not so much in in London Center. Um, uh, I know your your seeking of spirituality, you know, certainly in the Western world, usually comes in slightly later later times. But is it is it that way? Do you think in parts of India, Frank? Can you share anything? Like are the maybe young devotees in the YSS more so than in in the Western world? Um, can't speak for YSS, but uh, I can speak for. Um you know, my, my neighbors and my family. Um, no, no, I'd say the ratio is, ratio is as is with the West. So yeah, it seems to be, seems to be rather, a good, good match. Yeah. Chasing butterflies and <laughs> getting, getting dirty in, in the, in the fields. Yeah. Don't blame them. Um, but, but I must say the, but that doesn't mean that they're not um, more religious they're certainly more religious, but that doesn't mean that they're doing it out of their own volition and yeah, they're actually yeah. approaching the spiritual path. They're just <clears throat> doing it because the parents are, you know, very, very ritualistic or, you know, perform their puja every single morning and things like that. So they do are forced to sit. I was I used to be forced to sit for those. I used to hate it. <laughs> I, I was I think I've shared this story before, but brought up Protestant. And I said to my minister one day that, hey, all we talk about is football uh, and I'm not even into football, so I'm leaving. And he <laughs> thought I was joking. And um, my mum then thought I was joking. She thought I was going to become a Roman Catholic. And I said, no, no, I'm not doing any, anything. But I'd say on that on that day, um, my spiritual journey started uh, to be fair in many ways. Um, is each, it, each, to the, each to their own. Isn't that the day like that you um dramatically stormed out of the house and walked with a suitcase up the road and then realized you're only three five four years old or something i had to turn back yeah, it's about seven or eight years old it's probably around <laughs> the same time <laughs> you just took <laughs> football in one hand and a briefcase in the other <laughs> i'm off the bank, bank energy, yeah I, I, I live in the countryside in, in, uh, in ireland so it's yeah it's uh, a long way to go to civilization out there um so there's there are many many scenes, um, beautiful heartwarming scenes, uh, very well uh, coordinated with the the uh, the, the music. Um, one of one of my favorite little parts is when uh, the music really hits and drops at the beginning. They show 
people raising their hands in New York and in, in, um, they're doing some some yoga yoga uh, um, asana uh, some practice there um, and there's just a throngs of people in New York uh, meditating you know I think that's the world yoga together. day world yoga that day world yeah yeah they showed it earlier in in this uh, mm. in, in the in the uh, Awake yeah podcasting. they recycled quite a lot of uh, scenes in this because uh, uh, if you yeah. think about it they had to probably had like a hundred different shots in the space of like 30 seconds yeah. so they just like used any material they could get i think mm -hmm. yeah but it works <laughs> you know you can see sorry mike go ahead i think it's like a continuation of you know when you they say when you when you when you die you kind of your whole life um <laughs> Flashes before you right? Yeah. <laughs> are you are you comparing uh, the end? What's the end of the end sequence of the film to the death moments? <laughs> the end of yeah, so the end the of whole movie is flashing in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> the end of days. So what's going to happen to us with our podcast and our hundred hours of recordings? <laughs> Should we just like show flashes of the best bits? Or something? Yeah. Play the times ten speeds. Yeah, but they're gonna that's... look. They're gonna look exactly the same though. Us, mainly yeah. us three in front of the camera. Stan coming yeah. in every now and then. Cameo be more, more, more traumatic for people yes. than, than anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we do. We do have a special minute lined up next minute for for uh, those who who would care to join us. Um, shall we? Shall, do you want to reveal a little bit no, about that? No, no it's a big surprise. surprise. <laughs> it's going to be a big okay. event, the final episode. Nice. Um, so, so that does wrap up most, uh, most uh, if not all, of the content for this uh, this minute. But Brian, could you have something additional yeah, that you'd like to add? Just the, the Hong Kong one was the only one where they're all meditating on the floor. Which I, yes. thought was, which I thought was pretty cool because they even had the India ones and they're not doing that. Um, I yeah, so I'm I'm not going to the Hong Kong center now. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get your practice in before you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sitting and, so uh, stoically. And I think it's a uh, commemoration. That's, a, that's probably one of the best shots I think in all of those because mm. it's the commemoration service. I think so. They everyone's got their, uh, you know long stem rose ready to place at Guruji's altar with the with the uh, stem facing away from Guruji's picture. Mm. You know, the instructions are very specific. Everyone has laid them out perfectly in this image. It's quite cool. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, uh, good spot on that. And they have the they're playing the um, musical instrument. Uh, What's the musical instrument? Uh, harmonium, that one. Is, is it the harmonium there? Yeah, on the right. Yeah, that is, is that what it is? OK, and the harmonium. So they have all the setup, just look very organized, doesn't it? Mm. Um, super, super, super good to see. Uh, all of these images of our friends and family, uh, SRF family all around the world. Very inspiring. My favorite minute and a half, I suppose, this is that we covered um, uh, in this in this particular minute. Um, so thanks, thanks for joining us, everybody. Stanley, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, and Thank you for listening and watching, everybody. See you in the next minute. Jai Guru. Thank you. Jai Guru. Jai Guru. Jai Ma. Jai Ma.